Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. All right. Welcome to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel and I'm Nicole Saunders. Hey, Nicole, how are you? I'm I'm good. It is, you know, we're in the middle of summer. It's gorgeous here. It's not too hot yet. <laughs> well, and you're, you're in uh, Michigan or no, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, yep. Yeah, you're lucky. You guys, well, it gets hot there sometimes, right? It does. It'll get in the 90s for sure. Okay. But... Well, I'm in Dallas, Texas, and it's hot as hell. Oh, boy. So. Yeah. How you doing? Been, you, you you keeping cool? <laughs> I'm trying, you know, uh, I'm a big runner. And mm. so like yesterday, we have this thing on Thursdays. It's called Dallas Dirt Runners. And we uh, meet at this park. It's 6 p.m. or 5.30 p.m. And so that's the hottest time is 103. And so I only got three miles in because I was dying, you know, so. But it's really difficult to get your exercise in, you know, because yeah. it's just really so hot, you know. I was going to say, even here, I go running at like seven in the morning. So it's like 60 something out. <laughs> nice. Well, oh. today it was 80 something out in the morning. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Yeah. Well, stay hydrated, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's not what we're going to talk about today, but uh, no. <laughs> so, so <laughs> we could. Um, we could. The Peers Over Beers running episode. <laughs> yeah. And, and how much running do you do a week? Anyways. Um, so one of the things that we talked about during the pre-show, talked about a bunch of different things, but was thinking about customer customer success and community and how they kind of work together and how we think about um, strategies, you know, with the customer success teams, because why, you know, they have the relationships, right, with customers or at least people using the products on a daily basis. We're product community. Um, so it just seems to make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've given that a lot of thought over the years, especially, you know, our organization's a little bit larger. And so we have sort of different yeah. tiers of success where we have some accounts that have a dedicated representative, others that get access to what's called scaled success. And when you start looking at like a one-to-many format of a, you know, success rep that maybe works with a few hundred different customers in small bits and pieces, there starts to be a lot of overlap with community. And we've had a lot of conversations about how we can support one another and how we make it easy for customers to access the things that that team is doing. Um, So it it really is an important group of people to get to know because they're interacting with customers just like you are. And I think it's helpful for both sides to know what the other one's doing and know what kind of engagement those customers are getting from from both teams. What do you think? So as you kind of um, started the community and then as you kind of scaled your community over the years, and, and I've got my thoughts here, but how do you, how did you start working with them and what, you know, how do you think about it now? Because it's something that I feel like I continuously struggle with is that you start getting some buy-in, you get some, you know, you, you, you talk to them and they get excited, but then maybe organizational changes happen and things like that. There's a new leader and things. So now you got to kind of go back. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure over the years yeah. you've had to deal with a lot of that stuff. How do, how do you think about that? And how have you dealt with it in the past? How do you deal with it now? That kind of stuff. Absolutely. Well, so when I came into Zendesk, the community had actually already been around for about eight years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I, I sort of came into what was already a mature, if not fully built out community, right? Yeah. It had some established cultural norms. You know, there were some systems and processes in place. The moderator program already existed. 
Um, at that time, the person who'd been writing community kind of wanted complete control over it. And so the rule for employees was you don't go in the community unless you're invited. Mm. Right. So she created a ticket and sent it in and somebody was invited, they would come join. And so I was really building relationships from scratch with a lot of folks to wow. get them into the community. Cause I wanted to flip that model on its head and yeah. be like, Hey, this is everybody's community. I want as many voices and experts over here as we can get. Um, and so, you know, I think I've talked before about my, my zoom coffees <laughs> where back in the day, like this would have you been did. more in I office. remember this. Yeah. But like, I literally just started being like, okay, who do I know that knows someone in success? Great. Can you introduce me? Awesome. And then I just sit down and have coffee with that person and be like, okay, so what's your job? What do you do? What are you trying to accomplish? What are you struggling mm -hmm. with? And I would just look for places where the community could potentially help. And then I'd be like, okay, well, here's a little bit about what we do. And here's a connection I see. Here's something that I think we could do together. And so it took some time. It took a little while to go around and be like, okay, who should I talk to next? And eventually kind of working my way up and then getting to know the leaders of some of the teams. And then the first big thing that we really did is we created some basically internal enablement. Um, so we put together a little presentation about the community just to help people understand what it was. And I was talking with somebody about this the other day. Oh, I was talking with you about this last week. <laughs> Good memory, Nicole. Um, <laughs> I you made remember. the metaphor about like a rock band having to play the same song all the sure. time. Right. Yeah. And it was yeah. that same story of in community, you have to tell your story over and over. Right. And it is so yeah. easy to assume, well, our stuff is public. Of course, everyone in the company just knows about know. it and looks at it all the time. And it was amazing how many people like didn't even know we had a community or thought it was like just for developers or something like that. So we put together this presentation and I, went around to all of the different team leaders and asked them if I could get five minutes on their next team meeting agenda and just went in and presented what we do. And the last slide is always how you can help. Right. And yeah. we talked about things they could promote, um, things that we could do to help them. And then out of that always come a couple follow-up meetings with people who are really interested and excited that say, Oh, I really want to do this thing. And so that was how we started building those relationships is first, it was me getting to know everybody kind of having that warm introduction and then going around and doing some enablement with all the teams. And we do enablement like that multiple times a year for different groups across the business. And do you let your, so since you now have, you know, fairly, I'd say big, but, you know, a team, uh, mm -hmm. do you kind of let your team or push your team to kind of do some of that stuff? Because you used to do all that. Absolutely. You still don't, but, you know, I'm sure it's another diff a different level. How do you get your team involved and engaged and how do you kind of get them to do it? You know what I mean? To do the enablement piece, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the first was uh, taking everybody around to these meetings with me mm -hmm. so they could just see how it was done and get familiar with like, what kinds of questions am I going to get? How do I need to pace this? What kinds of things do I need to share? Um, then I did some workshops with my team specifically to just talking about like, sort of like some people call it levels of fidelity or granularity or, you know, what level you fly out. But the idea of like, okay, what is too many details for people that aren't familiar with community and what is not enough information for people that don't actually know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so that you get things at a level where people will understand what you're talking about and not get overwhelmed or confused. And that is a really important like part that. of communications to learn. Um, and then from there, you know, I have them practice giving the presentation to the team, maybe a little bit. Sometimes I even now have Jim, I just say, Hey, I need you to put together training and go do it for these teams. And here's the list of people to get on their meetings. 
um, because my team's gotten really good at it and, yeah. you know, different people work on different parts of the community, but they're each experts in their, their domain. And so that's really cool. But I think building those relationships has been key, but none of it would work if we didn't have ways that we could help them accomplish their goals. Right. Yeah. Like everybody is too busy. Even the kindest people are probably too busy to do something just to help you out. You know, yeah. now and then it happens and it's amazing, but for the most part, it's always about that that initial conversation where I went out and figured out what are you, what are you guys struggling with and what do I have that can help overcome that or, you know, help boost your numbers or help your engagement. And I think that's the key. Anytime you're trying to build a relationship with another team, you need to figure out what's mutually beneficial. What do you think about, so I'll give you some ideas or some thoughts around how I've thought about this and even tried to to implement in some, to some degree it's worked and to some degree it hasn't. But, you know, my thinking was, is how do you start thinking about when a first, you know, this piece of it, when a customer becomes a customer in the beginning, right? So mm-hmm. onboarding, when you think of all the things that a customer can do, whether it's training, being part of the community, being part of docs or support, how do you do all these things after you become a customer? And, and one of the things I, I've always thought is important is, um, you know, putting yourself in the very beginning of the customer journey, you know, and because yes. um, when we first started building that out two years ago, nothing, I mean, we didn't even have, you know, like a journey line thing to, for customers, like at all, you know, what's the, from a customer success standpoint. So I started kind of getting these conversations of, hey, look, there's a lot of different things. One of the things that a customer can do is engage with their peers in, in the community. We have this community, blah, blah, blah. And so for a while, you know, every customer would at the very least get a link to the community and this is how you log in. So like you said, you know, you build a presentation from kind of what does community bring and and those kinds of things. So I think one, that's one way to kind of embed community into the the first part of the customer journey. Now there's customers that have been customers for a long time that they don't get that, you know, because they've been customers for a long time. So there's probably different stages of how you would want to try to engage those customers and how do you, you know, it could be to where, you know, I've been, so I've even been part of um, calls with the AEs. So before a customer becomes a customer, they're a prospect because some people want to engage in communities before you know, they want to look at the community and, and things like that. And so getting on a call to say, hey, this is what we've done. Here's some programs we have and those kinds of things. So not just well, working a, with the CSM. Go ahead. It's yeah. a great point, right? If you're looking at a piece of software, you want to understand like how do other users feel about it? Yeah. Um, we all know, I mean, there's a reason there's sales references, right? It's because another customer saying, yep, I've done that thing using this tool and it worked carries way more weight than anybody who's paid to talk about your company saying, yeah, our software can do that. And so, you know, I think that there's huge value in that. And and you're right. Like you have to get customer in or community in right at the beginning of the customer journey. Right. Because you need to make it a place that they're always going to come to. So I, those are great points. And I think it's so good that you've done that. And I think some other um, ways to kind of think about it is look, when a customer is inside the product for the first time and they're doing some stuff, they become a customer. And, and to me, this is still sort of part of customer success, but it's more about how do you make sure community is seen uh, mm-hmm. and, and obviously relevant. So if there's ways, look, 
probably getting off topic here, but if there's ways that your community, whether it's a link directly inside the product, whether it's a space inside of the product, uh, and, and those kinds of things, those are also different ways to kind of, you know, push internally, you know, the community story, you know, and, and uh, we've done a lot of those kinds of things, you know, to really make that relevant. But getting back to kind of this customer success things, what, what do you do now? Like, are you, because I've been thinking about this for a little bit because, you know, we've had not necessarily turnover, but changes within uh, the organization. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about uh, a lot of that last week, but to where now they're not really thinking about it or maybe they are sort of, but it's not really, is it still in the journey? You know, how do you go back and look at that documentation? How do you look, go back and look at emails being sent to new customers and making sure your stuff is still being seen through the customer success eyes? I mean, I just, I, there's a lot to think about and, and I get overwhelmed sometimes about, geez, I need to go back to these these guys and really, you know, tell the story again. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? I'll tell you what, having a lot to think about and getting overwhelmed by it is that is the the story of the life of a community manager. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I look at the everything that we encompass and everything we do sometimes. It's like, oh my goodness, how do we it's amazing that we keep track of all of this stuff? And we do, but it's yeah, you gotta it's because you gotta sort of like go back and revisit things on a regular basis, to your point. Um, so you're right, you know, organizational change can make it hard, right? Because you can have a leader that's totally bought in on working with community, you can have teams that are super familiar with it. And then things change, right? Yeah. Teams move, maybe the company gets restructured, a new leader comes in and you got to do it all again. And that is the key is again. every time I see a new leader come in for a team, especially one that I work closely with, yeah. I have my little presentation ready and I always introduce myself. I go follow them on LinkedIn and, yeah, you know, same. I send them this email that says, you know, you know, welcome to the organization. I'm so glad that you're here. Settle in for a week or two, but let me get some time on your calendar in a couple of weeks. I'd love to introduce you to community and how our teams collaborate. And I always do that proactive outreach so yeah. that I can, again, get in there right up front, help them get familiar with it, especially where there's programs that have dependencies on each other. For example, our scaled success team um, holds office hours mm -hmm. every Wednesday at noon in almost every time zone. And so there's hundreds of these office hours happening throughout the year. And they were having a lot of trouble getting them in front of people. And of course, we use Bevy for our user groups. And I was like, well, so the whole point of our program is we're trying to connect users to experts in a peer-to-peer -peer or one-to-many fashion. And your office hours are all about connecting people in a peer-to-peer -peer mm -hmm. and one-to-many fashion. We don't need to do office hours. You guys don't need to do events because we're already doing those. But let's put this all in the same place so users can find it. And so we actually have a Bevy chapter just for what's called customer success live, which is those office hours that everybody can go to. And we put them right next to user groups and people were disconcerted, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're like, well, but the community team owns this, but this is a customer success thing and they're in totally different departments. But I was like, but it makes sense from the customer point of view. And we've managed to work together. And now because Love we it. have that dependency, there's a really like solid basis from which we work together, right? Anytime a new leader comes in, I can say, hey, so we support your program because we bring your office hours into the community and we promote it and we cross promote your offerings at our events and vice versa. And so I just wanted to, you know, open up the conversation about how we can continue this relationship and deepen it. And so that's one of the big ways that we really collaborate with success. The other thing that we do is we provide um, we work with like the person who runs the communications for that whole part of the organization. 
and make sure that every week they're pushing out, here's the upcoming user groups, here's the upcoming webinars, here's other things that are going on in the community. And the success teams tell us that they find that really helpful because it gives them something that they can reach out to their customers about, right? They can call up somebody and say, hey, just wanted to check in. We've got this cool webinar next week. You know, I know we were talking about reporting a couple of weeks ago and this one's on reporting. So you should attend Mm -hmm. that. And by creating those resources and getting them in everybody's hands, it makes it really easy for them to throw a slide in a deck when they have a meeting or send an email to their book of business or whatever they're working with. to help promote those community things. And so it gives them a touch point. It gives them content to share and it helps us promote the events that we want people to come to and connect to and bring people into the community. Well, it's all relevant to their customer. I mean, it's just, it's a exactly. no brainer, but I love these tactics that you bring and programs that you bring to the customer success team. I want to go back to one thing because I'm highly interested in this is okay. the, the, um, the bevy thing. And, and so office mm-hmm. hours. So CSMs hold their own office hours. So it'd be like Chris Detzel is a CSM. He comes in, he uses Bevy and he brings in his customers to just to connect. And so facilitates a conversation through Bevy. Is that right? How does that Yeah. Work? So basically it's, it's sort of like if you jumped on a zoom call and said, but you know, we, we use Bevy, yeah. but same idea, right? Like any yeah. kind of digital video call and said, hey, I'm going to hang out for the hour. Uh, I've got some stuff prepared this week to talk about reporting. Um, bring your questions. And then we invite people. And usually, you know, it's a it's a handful of people, but then they get this basically one-on-one or a small group-to-one interaction yep. where they can come in, they can ask questions, the CSM will help answer them, point them towards resources, they can talk to the other folks that are there. And these are, you know, it primarily targets customers that don't have a dedicated CSM that they can call on a regular basis. So Mm. it gives them a way that they can get access to a CSM, even if they don't have one dedicated to their account all the time. I like that. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can kind of do that. You could do like maybe at CSM office hours, CSMs are running these kinds of meetings and they could do like peer-to-peer networking or whatever, right? Like, hey, Mm -hmm. we're having a you know, it could be some specific industry, you know, pharmaceutical company or pharma kind of thing. And they can get with other CSMs. And anyways, you're giving me some ideas. But yeah. uh, when you think about tracking that, so in mm-hmm. Bevy, you you can, I'm sure people have to log in with their email or at least give their email. So you know yep. who is coming to these things. And is that, that's one. And then two is, do you push that somewhere like in into the, you know, I don't know, Salesforce to say, hey, this person's never been, but now they're in. And then, you know, you're kind of looking at who's coming, who's not coming. And how do you kind of track that and look at that? So I'm I'm a big, I'm a big data kind of guy, you know, and I'm like, no, it's 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 super important though. I mean, I was just talking with somebody on my team this week about how he's doing all of this content creation, Mm -hmm. but then we're not tracking how it's getting used. And so I'm like, is this valuable? Should you be spending time on it? Like, we don't know. We don't even know if this is something people are using. And, you know, if you're not measuring something, it can get very hard to prioritize it or make the case for needing resources. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it is really important to think about how you measure all these things. So it did take a little while to get everything set up, but we do have everything from Bevy push over to our CRM. They have some um, pretty good integrations, actually, that will help with that. And then that pushes into the dashboards that our success managers look at. And what we did there, too, remember a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about um, how important it is to measure things the same way that other teams measure yes. them. Yep. 
So we make sure that the community stuff shows up right alongside the scaled success stuff. And so then the success manager can go in and see, oh, this customer has gone to two user group meetups and one office hours and three webinars. Love it. And wow. now I know what content they've seen recently. I know how engaged they are. Next time I'm on a call with them, I can ask how those things went, if they needed any follow-up resources. And so, you know, you do have to work with your internal teams and get things yep. prioritized. And this is certainly the kind of thing that's probably easier at a smaller organization, to be honest. Um, but not. if you can, it's not. <laughs> it's because then it's you know, we, no matter we what you're no doing. resources. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. you know, there's always you don't a have them or you're competing for them. I'll tell you what. Exactly. Yes. Um, but if you can get everything set up that way, you know, it's it's really helpful. And again, that's where I can go back to the success leaders yeah. and say, hey, look at this. You know, we're seeing that X percent of people that come to one of these things end up going to the other one, or we're seeing mm -hmm. that customers that engage yeah. in both of these things have a health, you know, healthier account score or whatever those things are. We now have that information and we can really show how we're helping impact their team's numbers. And that yeah. at the end of the day is what has really continued to build that relationship and keep everybody invested. As we can say, look, we know that by doing this, we're getting more people in front of your success folks. And, you know, we know that that's working really well. And we've done that with every team that we cross collaborate with. We can now show the impacts that we've had on amplifying each other's work. Do you guys use Gainsight for your customer success stuff and then push Bevy into that? Or is that uh, out of curiosity? Because we have Gainsight. Yeah, it's, it is one of the tools that we use for sure. Okay. And that's, okay. No, you, you just got me spinning here. You're saying so many good things. <laughs> It's, it's really good. <laughs> well, good. But, you know, I think this is such an important topic because I, I know I'm sitting here sounding like we've got it all figured out at the same time. You know, one of the right. challenges that we're having right now is that um, what we're hearing from our go-to-market teams is there's so many different things that we're trying to push out to customers. We want to tell them about our AI stuff. We want to tell them about our webinars. We want to tell them about our corporate social good. We want to tell yeah. them about our community. Even within community, I'm like, Invite them to be a group leader or join a group or suggest a chapter or be a luminary or <laughs> come mm -hmm. to a webinar, right? And they're just like, it's too many messages. And so one of the things that we're trying to figure out is how do we keep it simple enough, again, to not overwhelm those teams and not have them overwhelm their customers with like, here's 36 things you can do. And like, it's amazing that we offer all of that. But that's where we're starting to try to get really targeted with like, who exactly should get which messages and how do we help our CSMs filter that so that it is a manageable thing. And so, you know, even once you get the relationships established, even once you get the dashboards in place and everything's humming along, it's still constantly evolving and there's new challenges right. that come up. And, you know, you said at the top of the hour, like you can get new leadership. We just had a pretty big restructuring a couple of months ago that totally changed even the way that some of these teams are operating and the objectives that they have. And so we're having to like reconfigure like, okay, well now what's relevant now, what matters most, who are the people we need to be in touch with now? So, you know, you do have to revisit it every couple months and make sure that you're keeping up with what's priority for them. You make such an interesting point to go back on the programs that you guys have. And, you know, when you look at community and even other departments, we have our own programs. Why? To engage our customers the way they want to be engaged, because people engage in different ways. It could be user groups, it could be forums, it could be webinars, it could be, totally. I don't know, whatever, whatever. A lot of different things, you know. Different learning hours, styles, different needs, whatever. different 
abilities, you know, some people can attend webinars, some can't. That's right. And you guys have done a great job. It sounds like of creating a bunch of awesome, (laughs) you know, uh, uh, programs, but (laughs) you know, the the opportunity is you have so many programs that one is probably hard for the organization to keep up with of, you know, when you think of, okay, I'm going to CSM. Hey, CSM, I have you know, user groups, I have forums, I have this, that, or the other, and and then you guys have this, and then the marketing team has this, and then so-and-so, you know what I mean? It just becomes overwhelming. And and, and so how do you kind of, I have some ideas of how you, or at least sort of spinning in my mind around, okay, when you have too many programs, you really have to kind of go mm-hmm. back and say, what is actually working? So you look at the data, say this many people yep. are coming, this, but really what's the business impact of each of those programs? You know, you, you have to start looking at those kinds of things, which I'm very impressed with what you guys are doing, even from the data standpoint. I mean, it's really fun to listen. Like, I didn't know you were doing all this stuff. I, I did and it didn't, but as I kind of <laughs> dive into more of these things, and as you and I have these more, more of these conversations, I'm learning a ton. And, and it's like, Good. I'm thinking this way, but I don't get to do all this stuff, but well, it sounds remember like it's also right taken things. us like mm-hmm. almost seven years yeah. to get there. Like the luminaries program, which is our, our brand advocate program just launched this summer. User groups yeah. just launched last year. Yeah. Events have been going for about four years. So, you know, you build up over mm-hmm. time and you add on one piece at a time to do it. But to your point, yeah, you do need to understand what is driving value, what's not. We definitely look a lot at like, are any of these things cannibalizing each other? Mm. Right? Mm. Like, are we pushing this event so hard that people aren't showing up to this thing? The other thing is you have to get so crisp on your messaging. Mm. Who exactly is this for? What exactly is this about? And people will still get confused and conflate things. Like yeah. a lot of yeah. people are like, oh, luminaries, those are the people that run the user groups, right? And it's like, no, 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 no. It's a totally <laughs> different program. Yeah. You can be in both, yeah. but they're totally different subsets. And so yeah. I created some slides that really outline like, okay, let's say that you have a customer and they're really enthusiastic and they want to engage with Zendesk. Here's all the different things we offer. If they are someone who really wants to share their knowledge or has a lot of questions that they want to hear from other users, the online discussion forum might be a really good place for them to go and engage. And they could potentially become a community moderator if they want to be a leader in that space. If they want to do those things, but the written format really isn't their jam and they really kind of want to talk to other people, they should join a user group. And if they want to be a leader, they can become a user group leader. If there's someone who's just really excited about Zendesk, and sort of wants to share their love for the software, or they're trying to really build up their professional persona, maybe Luminaries, the brand advocacy program, is the right spot for them. Because that tends to focus less on the technical how-tos and more on the like sharing, you know, how Zendesk has improved your support experience or getting to even just do things like reshare stuff on social media. If you just really want to tie your personal brand to Zendesk, which a lot of people do. And so when I started sort of almost like mapping it out, like a chart where it's like, do they want to do this? Yes. Go here. Do they want to do Mm. this? No. Okay. Don't go there. Um, It helped people wrap their heads around. Okay. These are like different places that we can funnel people to engage them around the kinds of questions they have, the kinds of knowledge they want to share and the kinds of people that they want to network with. And so that's really where we have all of these different little things. And a lot of people honestly are part of all of them. 
or a part of several of them. And so that's a key too. We definitely look at user groups as our front door. That's sort of the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. Almost everybody's willing to like hop on a Zoom call with a handful of other people and hear what they have to say. Um, the forums can be, but I, I almost feel like that's, you end up with more lurkers there, whereas at least in user groups, people are showing up. Yeah. And then from there, oftentimes once people start to engage, that's where they start to get funneled more towards like a brand advocacy program or towards being a leader in one of these spaces. Yeah, it's funny. We started out with customer success and this is all relevant. <laughs> and we kind of start talking about programs and things. But, you know, those are all, you know, relevant because, you know, yeah. they want their customers to engage, right, in some kind of exactly. area. And it's kind of shocking to me that sometimes, and maybe it's not shocking, but, you know, in general, like for you and I, our our customer success teams are completely in a different organization and than our community teams. Yep. You know, yeah. and um, something that I've had to kind of really think about this year was, you know, how do I build my kind of uh, plan on a page? And so my plan mm-hmm. on the page says, basically, these are all the things I'm going to accomplish this year. And, you know, I kind of generally a plan on the page looks at your particular organization, in my mind, or in my th- thinking is community looks at marketing's plan on a page and kind of funnels down. But in this case, you can't do that. 100% with community because I touch uh, customer success, I touch product, I touch marketing, a lot of different things. So how do I kind of take their goals and initiatives and push a little bit of that into mine? Because, you know, community is not just a marketing thing. It just isn't, you know, and it's not just customer success thing. So it's like kind yeah. of, it's it, it's just difficult, you know, when you're building your plan on the page and then saying, okay, boss, you know, I'm doing this. Okay. Yeah. I completely understand. And then you get a new boss. <laughs> you redo it. But you know, the point is, is that, you know, you've got to have some of that. I think your, your plan on the page or your strategy, you know, from community has to touch that customer success because customer success and, and, and community is, is key at the end of the day. And, and it, you know, just having this conversation helps me to say, look, I got to go talk to Brent. <laughs> you know, he's our customer success. Leader, Absolutely. You know, well- so so, I mean, a couple things there. One, like when you talk about that plan on a page, I often have bullet points that are like support the customer product feedback initiative, support yeah. the one to many, you know, product support initiative. Right. And so I'm talking about programs that are running in other departments where I'm like, I'm a key stakeholder in this. I'm yeah. heavily leaning into it. And so like one of my objectives this year is to have a community impact on that program. And so I call that out and just highlight it very directly in that way. Um mm. But yeah, I think, you know, community and success, it's so important, especially from a scaled success perspective. Yeah. Because a lot of those folks, you know, that they get to reach out to those customers two, maybe three times a year. And it's usually around their renewals, right? That's right. And so in the interim, a lot of those customers aren't getting a lot of support and help. And they hold those office hours, but like they can only do so much because they're handling so many customers. And that's where we can really come in and help augment that and say, hey, you know, I know that you don't get to reach out to your customer, but like, let's get them in a webinar. Let's get them in a user group. These are all things where they can build that relationship with the brand. They can get help. They can learn about stuff. And you guys don't have to do it. Like we're doing that yeah. for you in community. And so, and in some ways, like, you know, on the one hand, I think that there's a great argument to be made for success and community being in the same teams. On the other hand, success often, you know, there are uh, revenue goals and things like that for a lot of those teams. And I, I like keeping community out of the, the monetization space that directly, you know, we do measure yeah. attribution and things, but we don't yeah. necessarily have 
sales targets, right? We're, we're more focused on retention, education, expansion. Um, but I like having us in different orgs because it does keep us connected to the other parts of the business. And I think that there's actually something really valuable in building those strong connections with other teams that are in totally different parts of the business because community should be that red thread that goes all the way through. Yeah, we, we could probably keep talking about this, but I'm going to just say, you know, this has been very helpful and educational for me. <laughs> we can always uh, do a part two. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely need to do a part two. But Nicole, thank you so much again for coming on and being a consistent uh, speaker here and, and expert and thought leader uh, in the community space. You know, I certainly appreciate it. Um, I love our conversations, Chris. And I, I hope that the the other community professionals in the world are finding these things helpful, you know. And if anybody ever has a, a topic that they'd love to hear us talk about, feel free to let us know. We can we can riff. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, um, certainly link us in or send a message. You know, we want to we want to cover what what is relevant today and what what you're thinking. But we also want to make sure there's meat on these conversations, which, you know, to me, there always is. So, um, well, thanks for another uh, Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel. And I'm Nicole Saunders. Thanks, Nicole. Have a great day. Too.